0: It says in Hebrews 13, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's never changed. His love for you has never changed. You know, he cannot love you more than he does right now. His love never changes. You cannot make him love you any less than he loves you right now. He loves you. He never changes in his love for you. Isn't that great after a couple of years of All of this of COVID, and I don't know about you, my emotions have been all over the place at times, but Jesus, He's been consistent throughout. Isn't that good? Here's the second thing that never changes it's God's eternal purpose in Christ for His church. Next slide, please, John. It says His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to His eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Say eternal. Eternal. His eternal purpose is this, that he's going to use his church to bring about his kingdom. And the last scene of the Bible, if you read it, is this city coming down from heaven. It's the church. Jesus never changes. His eternal purpose to use his church to bring about his kingdom never changes. And so that's a really exciting thing to know as we move into this post-COVID world, well, everyone everyone's saying, well, how, what's this going to look like? What's work going to look like? What's family going to look like? How's education going to look like? Well, there's two things that are not going to change. So um, back in the autumn, uh, as elders, Chris, Luke, and I, we, we gathered together a lot. And um, so we, we, we met together, and uh, we, we, we were just asking the question, well, God, what do you want kings to look like? And we took some time to pray and think and talk and walk. We went away. We, 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 we took time to pray and to seek God together. We had a really, really great time. And it was over a period of time. And one of the questions that we, we just thought, well, let's just remind ourselves, well, who are we? What are we? Why do we exist? Why does King's Church exist? And we didn't take long to answer this question. But if, John, if you put that slide up, please. This this, this is it. Well, why does kings exist? It's not a really attractive, memorable sentence, but it's this, to experience Jesus in community and demonstrate his love to Edinburgh and everywhere. That's kind of what churches do, isn't it? They're communities that demonstrate the love of God wherever they go. And that's what God's called kings to be. But as we were just thinking, well, what does that look like in this new season? We were amazed and and blessed that God just seemed to keep saying to us again and again and again that he was moving us into a new season, a new chapter, it was a new era, it was a time when God was going to be doing a new thing and um, even this last couple of weeks leading up to this message we've been sharing with leaders and things, um, a couple of pastors in Edinburgh just got in touch with me out of the blue, I don't know either of them particularly well, I pray with them on a Zoom call occasionally. And, and one of them just said, I just saw a clock on your wall in that Zoom call, and I just felt God was saying it was a change of time for you as King's Church. And then this other one, he, he said, he said I, I just feel that this is like a watershed. It's, it's a change time for you as a church. And then somebody within Kings a few months ago, they shared a word about, it, it was really, in summary, it was that God was resetting us to what our church is meant to be and called to be. And it was a reminder of the uh, the jubilee year of the Lord in Isaiah, uh, sorry in, um, in in the Old Testament, where uh, where on the fiftieth year, all the land would be restored to its original owners, and the slaves would be set free, and the debts would be forgiven. And it was this sense of Israel coming back to what it was meant to be, and God saying, pressing a button, and saying, "This is the time of God's favor and His grace." And that word that we received, it, there was a sense of it was a misty time. It's an uncertain time. The world's full of uncertainty still, isn't it? War in the Ukraine, anybody? Who knows? Here's the world we live in. It's uncertain. But in the midst of that, it's the year of the Lord's favour because Jesus is here. And so therefore, we can move forward with confidence and expectation because he's with us. So as we began to just unpack, well, here's the sense we had that God wasn't giving us a to-do list of loads and loads of things he wanted us to do over this next season of undefined length, but rather he was calling us back and resetting us to the kind of church he's calling us to be so that he can use us in his purposes. So it's like a Sabbath year. It's a year of active resting and wasting, not a year of Netflix and putting your feet up, but a year of coming before him and hearing him and asking him, how he wants to reshape us. Here's three things that we feel really confident together as elders. Ask any one of us to say, yeah, we're confident. These are the three things that God really wants us to be about over this next season. And these three things are this, to rediscover church as the family of God. They're all ours, by the way, because I like, I like um, what do you call these? Alliterations. That's right. I like these things. And... Um, and, uh, I mean, there's a lot about the, been about the R number over the last couple of years, isn't there? We're moving on now to the R letter. And uh, we've got three R's. If, if you're a Wordle fan, you'll be pleased to know that the, um, the letter R is the ninth most used word in the English alphabet. So certainly worth using in your second guess, if not your first, on Wordle. If you don't know what Wordle is, then just ignore what I've said. But anyway, three R's. Okay, the first one is this, to rediscover church as the family of God. The second R is this, to recalibrate to a great commission mindset. And the third R is this, to receive the Holy Spirit in power as never before. Okay, And I'm just going to unpack those a little bit with the help of Chris and Luke as well. And we're going to hopefully take some time to just come before God at the end to worship and to pray as we begin our week of prayer together and eat together. So here's the first one. To rediscover church as the family of God. So Jesus famously said, This is how the world will know that you are my disciples, that your social media is great. Is that what he said? This is how the world will know that you're my disciples, because you live really happy, perfect, good looking lives. Is that what he said? You don't sound confident in this. Do do, do you know this verse? It says, by this the world will know that you are my disciples, that you love one another, that you love one another. Isn't that amazing? The gospel gets made known through the people of God learning to love one another. It's as simple as that. Church being family is the way that God makes his purpose known to the world. He didn't make church to be an organization he didn't make it to be a business. He didn't make it to be a club or an activity or a service. He made us a family. And we really feel, after a couple of years of, of having to work really hard on structures and ways of trying to meet and all these things that COVID of course, he's calling us to be family and to understand this at the deepest level. Galatians 6 says, as we have opportunity, let's do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. There's something that when we talk about church as family, if you're walking with God, something should jump in your heart for joy. To think, yes, that's exactly what God's made. We, we were singing it this morning. This is where I belong. I've got a place in my father's house. Well, this is his house. It's his church. And the first thing to really say about that is that obviously Families are never closed shops. Families are changing and evolving all of the time. We've changed over the last couple of years as a church and we're continuing to change. We always have new people coming and being a part of our family. We love that. If you're brand new here today, welcome. We're so glad you're here. We're never defining family as this thing that's kind of fixed and rigid and where we know everybody all of the time. It's always the sense that God is adding and God is doing new things, God bringing new people in. It could be you're a new Christian or very new to Edinburgh or just joining us for the first time. It's an ever changing thing. It's also a a family with a culture. In Hebrews, it says that Jesus is the older brother, and that means that he's a bit of a trendsetter in the family, in that he teaches us what it looks like to be children of God and to relate to one another. And he teaches us that in his church, it looks like servant leadership and it looks like loving and serving one another. He's the role model. You know, there's no place like church where all generations, ages, sages, and nationalities can mix and learn to relate, and it's not easy to do that. It's bigger than just your friendship circle, although we love our friends, and you should have friends in church. It's bigger than your small group, although small group is a wonderful place to work out the values of family, and I hope that you do belong to a small group, because it's a wonderful thing. But it's this thing that we are together. It says in one Corinthians twelve, the church is like a body. It's a complex thing. It's full of many parts. Church should be big enough and complex enough where it's open to things going wrong, and the hands saying to the feet, "I don't need you," and the ears to the mouth, and all of these things. Church is meant to be this thing that constantly we love and we find challenging all of the time because it's the family of God. Now, we feel that this is something that's so important for us right now that we thought, well, what are some of the ways we can do this? Obviously, we gather on a Sunday morning, and in the summertime, we go on picnics and things when we can. Um, You know, the wintertime doesn't lend itself to doing things outside in uh, Scotland, does it? But we really felt that something that would be really important and excellent to do for us as a church is to do a, a whole church weekend away for everybody, and we haven't done one of these for nine years, believe it or not. So if if you were there on the last whole church weekend away, you've been here a long time. Who's that? Put your hand up. Okay, some of us, amazing, and many, many of us. That's interesting. You're all sitting downstairs. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, it, but, but here's the, over over years since then, we, we've had uh, we've had uh, leaders' weekends, we've had um, student weekends, student twenties weekends. But the thing with not done in recent years is do something where it's everybody and you know why we haven't done it as everybody because it's hard to do everybody and yet in the midst of that we felt this is really important for us to do because if church is going to be a family we need places where we can hang out and be family together and that church weekend away just to mention it briefly now is going to be a place where you can get to know some people and we can cross ages and stages. And there's going to be opportunity for fun. There'll be opportunity for swimming, walking, archery, zip wire, uh-huh. uh huh, all age disco. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll be. I'm going to do dad dancing. You're invited to join. Uh, there'll be bouncy castles and just sitting around having a cup of tea if you would like to, and eating and lots of food and barbecues and hog roasts. We're outsourcing some of the meals because you don't want the serving burden to fall on too few people. And we just want people to enjoy a great weekend away together. We'll have times of meeting together, praying together, worshipping, receiving God's spirit together. All of that will be good. Nothing will be perfect on that weekend. (laughs) But do you know, ancient Israel used to go on holiday once a year. It was called the Feast of Tabernacles. They would take their tents and they would go outside the city walls. And they would pitch their roof over their heads with their family. And the people next to them would do the same thing none of it was perfect. And I'm sure they could have had better food at home. But, do you know, every year they reminded themselves of their history in God, their identity in God, and their purpose in God. And that's what happens when we go away together as a church. God reminds us who we are. And I feel that's what we feel that's what God is saying to us as a church, to be reminded who we are and to be reminded of our history and destiny in him. Let me just mention to you as younger parents for a moment, because I know out of all the people in this room, Weekends Away offer challenges for all of us. I want, I want to encourage all of you to come. We've made it really affordable in terms of pricing and all those things. You, you can just click on that uh, QR code and it'll take you onto the booking website. You can book in uh, right now if you'd like to. There's a full price and there's a much lower price. If, you, if you'd if just like to pay a lower price right now, we, we really want to value this weekend. So Uh, Kids under 18 go free, by the way. We really, really value this opportunity. But let me say to you, if you're a younger parent with young kids, you know how hard it can be to go away from home with very young kids because you know that your kids may not sleep. And if your kids don't sleep, then guess who else doesn't sleep? (laughs) You don't sleep. And very quickly you think, I'm just not sure about this. But I want to encourage you to to see this with the eye of faith. Because actually, God does remarkable things. Julie and I, we've been on pretty much every weekend away there's been in the life of King's Church over many years. We've got four kids. And if I just put up the next uh, photo, John, please. So here's our much younger kids. I think this is on our last weekend away, nine years ago. And I think Ben was two. And uh, I mean, the kids were like two, five, seven, and, and nine, I think, something like that. And uh, it, it, here's the thing we discovered that, Leading up to a weekend like that, there were stresses in planning and, and, you know, it wasn't totally straightforward, but we never, ever regretted going a weekend away. It was always, always a good thing. And what we found was that because we created space for our kids to hang out, they would routinely start to play with the other kids, the younger ones and the older ones. And what we'd find was that the students would... Wander over and start introducing themselves to the kids, and suddenly we found babysitters. <laughs> and then you find yourself sitting next to somebody at dinner and chatting, and they'd just be seeing the total mess that family life was. And they'd be saying, Whoa, this is amazing. Didn't know this is what family life was. You make friends. It's amazing what happens. Sometimes people are kind enough to say to Julia, They say, Why, oh, your kids are amazing, the way they just, the, with the younger kids and the older kids, and the way they just mix. With... I, I'd, I'd like to say that we taught them that stuff. And we had a book where we read to them, this is how you do church. To be honest, we just made sure that they were always left hanging around so that they had to kind of be around church stuff. And sometimes they'd say, can we go home, please? And we'd say no. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what? Out of, as soon as we said there's a church weekend away coming, they were like, we can't wait to do this. So I really hope to encourage you in that. It's a long-term thing that you're doing when you make space to come on church weekends away. Um, let me just mention a couple of other things about family, uh, just in terms of family as kings. And One is this. That this is just a change that's happening at the moment. Just, some of you will be aware of it. So um, students have always had their own small groups in King's Church for many, many years. And they've really loved growing in God through those groups A change that's happening at the moment is actually a number of our students are now saying, we'd really love to be around some just slightly older people and to mix across ages. We feel that's a really great thing that they're wanting to do. And so actually all of our small groups are now open to students to join them if they'd like to do that. And there's also a a new group that Nate and Joanna are starting up, a student discipleship group. For those who are perhaps just new away at university, 18, 19 years old, I think, Actually, the way I learn and relate best is with people who are just peers, and, and that's where I, I really thrive, and I love Nate and Joanna I really, really want to encourage you to be part of that group if you'd like to be part of that group, because those guys are amazing and have so much to teach and bless you with. So, so there's some options for you if you're a student. And just one other thing I want to say about just church family life is this, that I think we're aware that the, the three of us as elders, were all uh, employed by King's Church, and we're aware that on a Sunday morning, um, often we're leading a lot of stuff and we're preaching, and, and we're just aware that that can convey a value that isn't actually something that's in our hearts, which is that there's this sort of professional vibe about it. You know, it's a paid clergy, laity type thing. Not at all our values as kings. And therefore, we're just, we're just uh, wanting over this next season, we're, we're just going to invite different people to come and lead, people with leadership gifts. Uh, men and women who can just come and help lead us on a Sunday morning to just help us in, you know, engage with the presence of God to host services and things like that because we feel that's just the really important demonstration of family. Okay, so when you see that happening, that's not us profiling the next elder, it's not us saying, you know, it, this is us just being family together. Okay, so just to let you know if that's what we're thinking on that. Okay, you with me? What was the first point? <laughs> I think you said it, yeah, okay. (laughs) Rediscover church as a family of God, amazing. Here's the second one. So recalibrate to a great commission mindset. So the great commission is the, the last words that Jesus spoke in Matthew 28. He said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Lockdown makes us inward-looking. God is putting his finger on this in our church. He wants us to start thinking bigger. And here's something that we always talk about as kings. We always talk about sharing the gospel with our neighbours and friends and colleagues, because that's so important that we just share our lives with people. And I know some of you are just brilliant at doing that, and we want to keep talking about that. But as we read the Great Commission... There's something in this that, we, that God wants us to get hold of in this season, which is this. It's a great commission. It's not a little commission. It's not just me and my locality. It's not just me and my neighbours and friends. It's me and the world. And it's bigger than you, so it's us and the world. And God wants us to give a, a bigger vision of going. The story of Acts is the story of churches that get planted all over the place. Here's something that we'd love to just begin to dream of at this stage, you'll, you'll know we planted a church in West Lothian a, a number of years ago. That's brilliant. It's going so well. They're, they're like brothers and sisters to us. They're doing so well. But we just have this dream that God wants us to keep doing this again and again and again. And we're part of a family of churches called New Ground, which is really great. We love that family. But we do increasingly feel this sense that God wants us to pray that God would make us a family of churches within that family here in Scotland, and that King's Edinburgh wouldn't just be a family, but it would be a family of churches. And so God wants us to be people who are just praying and holding in our hearts more and more the Lothians and Fife and the places of Scotland, the towns and cities. that Some towns in Scotland don't have any sort of vibrant, Bible, uh, spirit-filled church that you would recommend. God wants to put this into our heart. Now, what I'm not saying, just to be careful, I'm not saying, hey, we're, we're planting a church right now. That's the, the, the next thing. What we're saying is we're recalibrating, we're reorientating ourselves. So I was listening to a podcast uh, recently, not, not my own one. I was listening to another one. Um, it, it was an interview with a fighter pilot. And it was basically how to, fire, how, how to fly a fighter aircraft. And I thought, yeah, I, I, I'd be interested in learning how to do this in case the need arises. And <laughs> anyway, he says there's four elements to... Uh, to flying a fighter aircraft, you have to observe, orient, decide, and act. UDA is the, the acronym. Observe, orient, and decide, and act. And he says, as a fighter pilot, you have to make split-second decisions which change everything. He said, the three and, uh, number three and four, deciding acts, that, that happens in a fraction of a second. He says, so actually all the skill... Other than that little bit, all the skill is basically spent in observing and orientating yourself so that when that moment comes, you've got the highest chance possible of making that a successful decision and action. Now, nothing in church life happens in a split second. But the principle is this, that we're in this phase where God is helping us to observe more, And orient orient ourselves more so that when the time comes, whenever that might be, whenever God speaks, that's an easier decision to make because we've orientated ourselves correctly and we've been observing and seeing what God is doing. Now, this flows out of family because families reproduce, right? That's what they do. And as we get the family of God functioning and, and loving one another, so the most obvious thing in times to come will be, well, let's do this again and let's go to the next place. So we're in this season. Now, we feel what the key criteria are in terms of readying ourselves and orientating ourselves is this. It's it's about making disciples and training leaders. Therefore, we're going to spend this next season just thinking about how can we make sure Kings is a church that is orientated around discipleship, helping people in all stages and phases of life to be God's people wherever they are and to train leaders. And uh, Luke is going to share more about this. Yeah, so as as
1: Dan said, we're we're wanting to be a church that is a family, a church that is uh, led by the Spirit. And the the book of Acts shows us what that can look like and is uh, so often our inspiration and and the template by which we are looking to to do things. And um, when you read through Acts, you see this. Just there are just names, new names all the time, all the way through. Uh, there's some names at the beginning, famous names, and then there's other names later on that you might never have even heard of. Uh, but they played a really important part in the church continuing to grow and the church going as well. And then when you read in the new, uh, the New Testament letters, there are loads more names that aren't mentioned in Acts, but they're also involved in churches being started and churches growing. They're hosting churches. Uh, they are they're they're sending money. They are being gifted. They're doing all sorts of things. And so it's really natural, and really important that Christians uh, who are disciples, also many of them grow into leadership and take responsibility and play their part in going and enabling other people uh, to go. And as Dan said, we want to be ready to respond uh, to that. So when we read in Acts, it's like a large church and there's loads of gifted people. Their conclusion isn't great. We've got it all together. Their conclusion is, let's pray. What does God want us to do with this? And they go as a result of that. Some of those leaders, some of those people, they are ready. And so we want to be ready to respond to new things that God calls us to. Uh, One of the things I really love about this vision is that we're we're saying, these are the things we feel God's calling us to. Then within that, there's whole lots of stuff that we don't know what it is yet. But we're just just trying to be ready so that when God says, it's this, we can say, okay, Lord, we don't need five years to be preparing for that. We're ready to go. So starting new things, also to build and continue to develop the things that we're already doing, that we know that God's called us to do. That involves leadership. And leadership sometimes can be like, hey, could you do this, please? See you later. And we don't want our leadership to be like that. It's never been our heart for it to be like that. Uh, but one of the ways in which we can make sure that that doesn't happen is that we can be doing ongoing uh, leadership training, uh, raising new leaders up, but also encouraging and equipping those who have been leading uh, for years. And that's what we want. And we feel it's the time uh, to start a new program of leadership training for that so that people can grow. And because of that, we thought we would call it Grow. Um, we spent a long time talking about that, a lot of other words. And although it doesn't begin with an R, Dan okayed it. And so, and we, as we were talking about this, we were like, well, what do we want this program to do? What do we want it to achieve? And we felt there were three key areas uh, that, uh, that all of us need uh, to grow in, and particularly people who want to step up and into leadership. There's obviously the knowledge of God. There's the knowledge uh, of his word the knowledge of his ways. And uh, knowledge of, you know, just understanding the world in which uh, we live in. And we want to share that well. We want people to understand who they are, who God is, uh, what God's purposes are, that kind of thing. Then there's the skills that are required to bring that change to other people, to, to start new things, uh, to, 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 to redevelop things, um, that kind of to, to be leading others. It's no good just knowing a whole load of stuff. There are some amazing people who know, know a whole load of stuff, but you know, they couldn't lead anyone else, because there are skills required uh, to do that. And then finally, the other really important characteristic, or the really important factor that we wanted to emphasize was character. And we've just, as we've been observing the Christian world over the last couple of years, as, as there has been pressure uh, put on people all over the place, it's been hard. One of the things that's happened is that uh, where character failures have just been revealed all over the place. And it's been so distressing and so horrible to see that the name of Jesus dragged through the mud by people's behavior. And we take that extremely seriously. Think, No, we've got to have people who are loving Jesus, who are following him, uh, who are aware of his holiness and who are, uh, yeah, being an example to those around them. Leadership isn't just, I've got some skills and I know some stuff. In the Bible, leadership is, hey, we know one another. We love one another. Follow me. Imitate me. Let's go and let's do this uh, together. So that this knowledge and skills and character. And Dan was chatting with someone about this recently, another church leader. And, and they were like, oh, yeah, that's what some leader or other wrote about in his book. Head, hands and heart like, yeah, I mean, that's a lot catchier uh, than skills, knowledge, and character. Uh, I don't quite know what it means to be growing our heads, growing our hands, and growing our hearts. I'm not sure those two things necessarily fit. But those are the three things we want to talk about and we want to help people with. Now, in the past, we've often done leadership training that's been like, it starts here and then it finishes there. And once you've done it, that's great. But we've gone back to the beginning again. So we've got some more people we want to lead. And so if you've done it, good luck. Keep going. And we don't want it to be like that. We we want there to be more of a sense of a rolling, ongoing uh, program. Uh, We we want it to be something that goes on over years. That There's loads loads to be talked about in all these different areas. And we don't want, if you're new and you're like, yeah, I'd love to start leading, we're like, okay, well, if you could just wait for ages, the bus will be back again and you can get on it. And equally, we don't want people who are already leading to to feel like, oh, well, I've been given all the training I'm ever going to receive because uh, there's always loads more for us to grow. So we think there will be, uh, we hope there'll be a sense of it being an ongoing rolling program. We feel like it'll probably be about six sessions a year, which is a, the balance we're trying to find between uh, too much and not enough. Uh, we want it to feel like it's, it's a, a live dynamic thing. And the other factor we're really excited about, and uh, we think is uh, an exciting new thing for us, a little bit what Dan was saying as well about, feeling our sense of our place in Scotland and our role in Scotland. It's that there's such unity across New Frontiers churches in Scotland now. We uh, meet on a regular basis. We pray together. It's wonderful. And we've been having conversations about how do we train and raise up leaders and a sense of actually this could be one of the ways in which we express our unity is that we uh, different people come in to be part of it in terms of, both receiving uh, the teaching and training, but also giving it as well. And we just think that will make it a really uh, a wonderful thing so that we're not just serving our own church and with our own gifts, but actually uh, we're serving other churches and receiving other gifts as well. So um, it's not going to start just yet. We've got to plan it. We want to do it well. And there's a whole bunch of other things that we're planning and trying to do well beforehand. Uh, but it's uh, it will be letting you know when it's happening and how to get involved uh, as and when we've got more clarity on it.
0: Obviously, discipleship, a lot of that's informal and it's relational, isn't it? And we just want to encourage that all the more. And we're thinking very much about well, what does that look like for us to be people who just invest in one another? Some of you are doing that already. I just want to encourage you in that. And uh, we're also, a bit later in the year, probably after the weekend away, just launching a, a peer discipleship-type model where people can just really grow and encourage one another. We'll talk more about that nearer the time. So it's about... There's the second point, right? So, so it's reorientate to a... Great Commission mindset. You didn't have to remember that, did you, because it was on the screen? Okay, so here's the third thing we're just passionate about that God is speaking to us about for this season, and it's this, that we must be increasingly filled with the Holy Spirit in power. And this is in our DNA as a church, isn't it, I think? But let's remind ourselves, the Great Commission finished with these words, and I will be with you always to the end of the age. Paul said about the church in Corinth, he says, the reason you're a church, he said, you are all given the one spirit to drink. We cannot be church family, and we cannot do the Great Commission unless we have loads and loads and loads of the Holy Spirit. So therefore, uh, it was Guy who said, said, these are like three legs of a stool. And uh, he says, you can't have one without the other. That's such a great illustration. We want to be a church that relies more and more on, on the holy spirit it 's his presence that will help us into the impossibilities of these tasks that we cannot do by ourselves. So Chris is uh, going to come and share more about what this looks like for us.
2: How are y'all doing don 't make me do some mid service aerobics hope you 're still awake hope you 're still with us it's been really exciting to hear um, just Dan and Luke sharing what we believe together that God is calling us to be and do as a church. And um, as Dan alluded to there, the more we've, we've prayed about this and the more that we've discussed this together, uh, the more we have just been reminded by God that we cannot do anything, cannot do any of this in our own strength or by our own strategy. We need help. We need a lot of help. And praise God, he has sent the Helper. He has sent us the Holy Spirit. And for us to rediscover church as family and recalibrate to a Great Commission mindset, we desperately need to receive the Holy Spirit. We need to be increasingly filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be uh, increasingly led by the Spirit. And we need to be living more and more in the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is an invitation for every single person in this church family. Whether you're brand new to Kings and the Things of the Spirit or whether you've been here a decade or more, maybe you were at that last church weekend away. This is still for you. It's for you whether you're feeling on fire for God right now or whether you've just been struggling with feeling weary and dry. And as Dan said, the Spirit's always been just such a key part of our DNA as a church, but it's something that we're going to be intentionally pressing into over the coming months. And as we do that, I We are convinced that God is going to do something extraordinary in and through this church. Let let me remind you of that why uh, statement that Dan uh, mentioned at the start. Why do we exist as a church? It's to experience Jesus in community and demonstrate his love to Edinburgh and everywhere. It's about experience and it's about demonstration. And we want people who are new to the things of the Spirit, to powerfully experience him. We want seasoned King's members who are feeling jaded or dry to experience God afresh, to be recommissioned by him. And we want every meeting at King's, whether it's a Sunday morning or a midweek small group or an evening meeting, we want them to be filled with the Spirit of God. We want them to be places of his presence where we're increasingly receiving spiritual gifts and sharing what God is saying to us together. And I am excited for all of that. But the goal is not just to have more exciting church meetings. I think that can so easily be the the simplistic place that we go to on our minds and where we think about asking for more of the Holy Spirit. The real goal is so much more significant and far-reaching. It's to be a people who are deeply transformed radically transformed by God. Our desire is that our whole lives would be flooded with the Holy Spirit. And when we experience him in that way, we will demonstrate his love to Edinburgh and everywhere. We will be a people that that powerfully demonstrates his love in every area of our lives, in our workplaces, our homes, in our family life, in our care for the poor, in how we're sharing the gospel with people and how we're really wanting to share the gospel with people because we're going to receive God's heart and we're going to care so much about the things that he cares about. So I guess what is that renewed focus on the Holy Spirit going to look like in these weeks and months ahead? Well... I mentioned earlier, today we're launching our week of prayer. And tonight there's going to be a prayer meeting back here. We're going to be just waiting on God, receiving his spirit, hearing from him from seven o'clock. And we've got the prayer room I mentioned earlier downstairs. We're having a half night of prayer on the Friday I already mentioned. And in our prayer, we are expecting to encounter the Holy Spirit. And then over the coming four months or so, we're going to be teaching on Sunday mornings. Uh, from the Bible, about the Holy Spirit. We're going to be looking at who he is, what he does, the gifts that he gives, his mission, his purpose, how we should be living in the Spirit. And working alongside that, we're going to be asking small groups uh, to devote 12 sessions over the coming months to focus on the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be providing Bible studies and discussion questions just to really help All of our groups unite together in this focus on the Holy Spirit. And then in two months' time, that's right, two months' time, the church weekend away is going to be themed around increasingly being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I just want to put your mind at rest. When Dan talked about the people of Israel going into the wilderness and camping, at the Feast of Tabernacles. Camping is not a necessary part of this weekend away. There will be solid structures that you are allowed to sleep underneath, which is uh, superb news. Um, I think sometimes we can be tempted when we're kind of building up to something like a weekend away, we can be tempted to see that as like a high point uh, of what we're doing. But we've, we've deliberately put the weekend away in the middle of this season of focusing on the Holy Spirit. Because, we don't want the weekend away to be this sort of grand finale of, wow, we really pressed into the Holy Spirit. We want the weekend away to be a key filling station on this ongoing journey that we're embarking on together. This ongoing journey into fruitfulness in the Holy Spirit. So I want you to, to be there. We're going to be, um, we're going to be receiving from the Holy Spirit there. And then one Sunday evening a month this term, we're going to be having our Encounter Jesus evening meetings, uh, where there's going to be lots of opportunity on a Sunday evening to receive more of the Holy Spirit. And then last thing, in late spring, we're going to be producing a four-part course with a handbook uh, for use in really small groups in threes and fours, just to equip each one of us, to be able to lead others through in the things of the Holy Spirit and his gifts. We want to be a church where everyone is equipped to minister the Holy Spirit to one another on an ongoing basis, on a regular basis. So yeah, that's a snapshot of some of the things that we're going to be doing together um, as a church over the next little while. But as I said, it's, it's fundamentally about inviting God into our lives. It's inviting him as individuals and as a community to completely flood every area of our lives with his power and with his presence. You up for that?
0: Me too. Back to Dan. That sounds uh, so good, Chris. Thank you so much. Just got one more Thing. I just want to say before we're just going to respond, I'm just going to get you to turn to somebody next to you and just say, hey, which of these three things is resonating with you right now? Uh, and then we'll worship and we'll, we'll just pray briefly as we start our week of prayer. But it, here's just Chris just mentioned this thing about inviting God in. I was just reading the feeding of the 5,000 uh, recently. This is, I just want to speak to you just very personally for a moment because this is about you. Feeding of the 5,000, it was a stressful situation. The miracles always came out of stresses, didn't they? There was loads of hungry people. The disciples were hungry. They were so hungry, they were getting angsty, and they're saying, Jesus, what are you going to do? Their solution in that situation was to suggest that Jesus should send everybody away. It was a practical answer to the pressures they felt. All of us, everyone I speak to at the moment, all of you, me, we're like, Life's busy, life's hectic, life's harder than it used to be. And we feel that pressure. If we're not careful, we can manage Jesus out of the pressures of our life and we can find ourselves doing less with the family of God and less with God because we're like, oh, busy, busy. The miracle happened because they invited Jesus in, not because they managed him out. And here's the thing. They managed him in with the world's worst packed lunch. Fish and bread. I mean, Brunsfield parents, please. If you sent your kids to school with that, there was no hummus. There was no, no carrot sticks, no smoothie. You know, what is the world coming to? Fish and bread, disgusting. Jesus says, that'll do. They gave him what they had. They gave him their limited capacity and it wasn't enough. But when we give Jesus our little bit and we make it available to him, he does miracles. So I'd love your response as we've shared these things for us as a church to just be one of faith and to say, well... I don't know how much capacity I've got right now, but this is the capacity I have, and this is what I'm going to give to Jesus. So just take a moment, turn to somebody next to you and say, hey, these three things, uh, uh, re... Uh, <laughs> 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 should have written that one down, should I? Uh, to, to rediscover church as the family of God, to recalibrate to a great commission mindset and to receive the Holy Spirit. Which of these things is God just speaking to you about in this moment and... Talk to somebody next to you, and then we're just going to worship, and then we're going to uh, just pray as we launch our week of prayer. Go for it. Oh, man, let's just have two or three people come and lead us. I've just pr- primed a couple of people. At, at Raf, I don't know if you could come, and, uh, and uh, Joe and, and, and Joel. Just come and lead us in prayer just now.
3: um father god thank you um thank you so much for today and um and for this church um uh, when i was younger i used to always picture you behind like thick frosted glass like at the dentist um and i couldn't work out what shape you were and i couldn't see you and i couldn't get to you um but just over the years you've just taught me that that's not true that uh, you couldn't be closer to me you you sent your son to die for us and you you send us all your Holy Spirit and um, I just pray you'd fill us up and um, thank you that you're with us, you're so close to us every day and we need you um, and when we ask you you're not um, you don't wait, you don't hesitate but you You give and you give abundantly um, so I pray you would uh, fill us all fresh with your Holy Spirit Father God that we you could be uh, a family that looks like how you want it to look, that loves like how you love us and that um that goes out and reaches out to people who don't know you yet. Um, yeah, sometimes I feel like um, the people I know who aren't Christian, like, they'll never they'll never come to you. But, um, Father God, I know the truth is you're always building your church and you're always bringing people in. And, uh, yeah, please fill us afresh all to your glory. Amen.
4: So when Dan asked me to think about praying, it's interesting that the, the parable he's talking about, the feeding of the 5,000 also came to my mind. Uh, we just need to bring what we've got. Jesus will make it good. So, Lord, we, we come before you. We, we thank you. We bless you for King Church. We thank you for the vision you put in our hearts. Lord, we bring it before you just like that boy's lunch. Lord, we pray by your Spirit that you will breathe upon it. We pray you will move upon you by your Holy Spirit. That, Lord, it will grow. That as a church, we see people added to this family through conversion by the power of your Holy Spirit. So, Lord, we pray right now all that we need. Lord, the more of your Spirit begin to release. We pray for the release of your gifts upon people right now in King church. Lord, release giftings that we need. Lord, the resource people we need. Father, we you call them in in the name of jesus lord we pray we will see your power move in King church and for your glory yes. lord paul says we plant we water but god you are the one that give the increase so lord we are asking you for increase increase by your spirit increase by your power for your own glory we pray in jesus name lord we pray for our elders we pray for, for Dan, we pray for Luke, we pray for Chris. Lord, we thank you for them. We pray this morning that you anoint them afresh. Lord, you set them over your hearts, we pray. Take them deeper as they run with this vision. Father, increase your anointing upon their hearts. Father, empower them more Bless them and their family that they will run as one man. Run to fulfill your purpose in King Church and Lord and Scotland. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
5: It was something that Marianne prayed earlier about. You know, every day feels the same. You get up, you do the same thing, you go down. I don't know about you. For me, that feels like that's been the last two years. It's not, not daring to look more than a week ahead about knowing what's going to change. and as the elders were sharing some news about this vision with us, it it just, it just, I felt my eyes lifting up and saying, God has got a vision that it's not just about the days and weeks. It it goes years into the future. I think there's been a few things Dan said, you know, nothing happens instantly in church life. The fact that we've called this, this leadership program Grow, that it's not about one day to the next, everything's going to be radically changed, but God wants to grow us and wants to build us. And if you're, yeah, if you feel like you've been in that place of, of just not not being able to lift your eyes up, I just pray, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you come and stir up faith in us? I thank you that you've been stirring it up in us already this morning. Come and keep stirring faith, Lord. Come and... And just remind us that we can grow in you. I want to pray for these discipleship groups that we would we would spur and encourage one another to grow. I want to pray for this course when it comes. I pray, Lord, that you would grow us and you would use us to, to bring your kingdom, to build your church in Edinburgh, in Scotland and the borders. I thank you for, for this vision. This is your vision, Lord. This isn't something that, that the elders have got together and made it themselves. Or they are listening to you and they are catching your heart. I thank you, Jesus, that you're speaking to us. Come, Lord, come and help us to get into your slipstream now to see where you're going in this country. Thank you. Come,
2: Lords.